Hey, this is Jennifer. I've been a contract corporate flight attendant for over five years, and this is my podcast. We're on episode four today, which I'm really excited about. In this podcast, I'm giving you free advice about the brutal, honest truth of what it's like to be a corporate flight attendant. If you want all my exclusive info in an entertaining, readable form, I do have a book available. I do not repeat the same information from the book to the podcast. It's different information. Just look in the show notes of how to buy it. If you like this podcast, please give me five stars, write a review, and subscribe. All right, let's start today. In last week's episode, I suggested online classes to beef up your corporate flight attendant resume. This week, I'm suggesting to learn the aviation alphabet. Now, this is something you absolutely would not put in your resume, but it's just good that you sound like a professional, especially when you're new. Let's say a scheduler or a dispatcher asks if you can do a trip and you have to call them back. On the phone, you don't want to say, what time is ABC 123 departing. I'm giving you right now the tail number. If you look on a plane on its tail, you'll see the number, which is the identifier. You never want to say it like that. You want to sound like that aviation professional you know you are. So instead, you would say, what time is Alpha Bravo Charlie 123 departing? The aviation alphabet, all you have to do is simply Google it, print it out, you know, put it on your nightstand. If you take for example, six letters to learn a night, then you'll have it all down in a week. It's not that hard, and I highly recommend it, just so you can sound really good. I have a small COVID update, so things can change in a week, because I gave you an update last week. I heard some good news. Some accounts are starting to fly again, and as I predicted, they're starting to film in Vancouver, so a lot of the actors are going from LA to Vancouver and doing private flights that way. So that's that's a really good thing. I had a flight attendant who I talked to and helped her with a trip who went to Greece. So that's a good sign too. Now she told me they might be quarantined in the hotel the entire time. So she really wouldn't see Greece, but she said I'll let you know what happened. So I will hopefully get an update on that next week. I would say, however, the not great news is my flight attendant friend, who's very connected in the industry, said the trend is accounts are laying off their second corporate flight attendant right now. So if they have their lead flight attendant, they're number one, they're keeping her or him, and that second one has been laid off, and that's what she's seeing as a trend. So just to warn everyone, but it may mean that they're going to need more contractors. And I'm going to say it time and time again, once the floodgates open and we're past this, the rich are going to be flying more than ever. So definitely keep in a positive way because I think things are going to start moving again very soon. I wanted to give you also a little bit more information from the last episode. The last episode was on social media and how to use it as a corporate flight attendant. And I had a director of aviation listen to the episode 
And he told me something invaluable that I just had to share. So if you go back to episode three, then you'll understand what I mean. My suggestion is to really use social media in a discreet way if you use it at all. And he said, let's take an example of where two businesses may be merging or another company is acquiring another company. They want to keep that all secret. And if you're announcing the tail number and where they are on your social media, you could potentially be screwing a, you know, multi, multi million dollar business deal, which of course you're going to get fired for that, but you're not going to have a good reputation in the industry. So I thought that was a really good point to bring up. You may be really interfering with big business and you absolutely do not want to do that. For example, everyone knows if you fly to Rogers Airport or I believe it's called Fayetteville, it's it's either Fayetteville or Benton, Arkansas, that is where Walmart headquarters is. So everyone knows that. So if you have, hey, I'm in Benton, I'm in Fayetteville, everyone knows what that business person is doing there. So eh, be careful. That's all I'm saying. And that's what the director of aviation passed on to me. So there you go. And I highly recommend listening to that episode. Today, we are going to talk about a great skill to help you stand out as a corporate flight attendant. And that skill is to think on your feet. You have no idea the shit I have pulled off in the air as a corporate flight attendant. Stuff that I'm telling you I shouldn't have pulled off and otherwise it would have been a disastrous situation. So I wanted to give you a couple examples. The first example is we had no champagne glasses on board. Now champagne glasses are standard. I shouldn't even have to go on a plane and ask the pilots, hey, do you have champagne glasses? It should just be there. We were not in the home base. We were not anywhere we could just whip out champagne glasses and the pilots had forgot to put them on. So I look at the pack's preferences and I see that after the lead passenger's wife sits down, she wants a glass of champagne. And by the way, this is common because you have a lot of nervous flyers. So that's very common. So then I read down the preference sheet and it also says she's terrified of turbulence. So I was like, okay, I can work with this. The woman comes on the plane. She seems like a really nice lady and I feel like I can talk to her just for a second. After she sits down, I serve her her champagne in a lowball glass and I said to her, listen, we may be experiencing some turbulence on the way out. I'm sorry, I cannot use a champagne flute. And she said, of course, no problems, no worries. We had probably an hour and a half flight. She didn't ask me to transfer it to a champagne flute. She was cool. So luckily, I was able to think on my feet by looking at all her preferences. The second example is... I would fly sometimes with this family who, let's just say, not my cup of tea. The mother, 100%, was not my cup of tea, and her thing was all about organic for the kids. The kids had to have everything organic. Well, we were in a country where not only did they barely speak English, but they have no idea what the hell organic means, especially if I write it down. They have no idea what I'm talking about. So the fruit came on the plane, and I, I took all the labels off of everything. I threw away 
anything that was identifying, I threw it in the trash, had the trash taken off the plane before they boarded. I knew this woman's personality enough to know I could kind of bullshit my way around. So she sat down and when she asked for some berries for the kids, I said, I'm sorry, I could only get organic blueberries. I couldn't get any organic strawberries. And she said, oh, okay, that's great. Just serve the blueberries. Now, I had thrown out all the labels, so she couldn't accuse me of, hey, this isn't organic, this is something else. And that's another way where I basically saved myself. And I I really had to think on my feet quickly. And that's with service. Now, When you're talking about safety and safety equipment, there's no excuse for that. You have to do a checklist and have that on board before the passengers come on. That's not, that's a non-negotiable. But let's say you don't have something you can't substitute like bedding, aspirin, you know, or a particular item. And what I mean by bedding is, and, and I know some of you out there is like, well, just grab a blanket. It's not like, you know, flying first class or something we bring on bedding they're called jet beds and you blow them up and they're very comfortable and there there's no way I can just whip a jet bed out of my ass at 40,000 feet so there's only so much bullshit you can do so again you kind of have to think on your feet but this time in a different way you're going to have to do something that no one wants to do and that's you're gonna have to tell the truth you're gonna have to say I don't have this item Here's what you do. Do not make a speech. Do not say, I'm sorry. Do not say any of that. Just be direct and to the point and quick. And if possible, give them one substitute option. Now, with rich people, give them one option. Do not come back with three options. They get very overwhelmed and then they kind of get annoyed. So just one option option always with rich people. If you don't have any options, you know, if you don't have aspirin, you can't just substitute with Advil because Advil is not aspirin. So (laughs) you're going to have to say you don't have it. Just be direct. Say, I don't have aspirin, but I have Tylenol. You know, that's, that's all you can say. I apologize. You can, you can, you know, I take that back. You can say, if you really need to, if the person seems upset, I apologize, but we don't have hot sauce. That's it. You know, don't make a big speech about it. Okay, this is kind of a weird recommendation on thinking on your feet, but I think you guys would like it. I'm now obsessed with a new reality show, which I know I'm behind the times a little, but I'm started to watch Below Deck, which is all about people on yachts or yacht crews. And I'll tell you something, if you watch that show, it's on Bravo, you can get it on Amazon Prime, I would highly, highly recommend buying a season. And I'll tell you why, is because that chief stew or chief stewardess position is very similar to being a corporate flight attendant on a plane because you do a lot of the same things. The only thing that's really different is you're not interacting with all those people. You're not, you know, you're not in the galley with a chef, you don't have deck hands, you don't have stewardesses under you unless, you know, you're on a BBJ, a, a Boeing business jet or something like that. It's usually just you, you are the flight attendant and then two pilots and that's it. But her actual job is very similar to what you do and dealing with the passengers, 
very similar to what you do. In fact, when I watch it, I get triggered. If something happens, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, because I, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to not know the passengers and you're nervous and they're walking on and it's just, it's, it's that nervous energy. So I definitely know. A good example on Below Deck is the chef had made a birthday cake and they brought it out. They brought it out cut and sliced, but they forgot to put a candle. Now on a plane, you can absolutely not have a fire and a candle. So this is a yacht situation. And the chief stew says, shit, we forgot this candle. So instead, they had shots of absence, which is that green alcohol you get in the Czech Republic, and they lit them on fire. And then they brought them out to the two birthday people and they loved it. So that's a good example of you just have to think on your feet. Again, highly recommend Below Deck. So that's it for today, kids. If you like this podcast, you'll love my book entitled Corporate Flight Attendant, A Brutally Honest Guide to Your Dream Job. Just check out the show notes to learn how to buy the book. It's only $15 versus training, which is $4,500. And it's a super quick entertaining read and you can find me please come over to my other podcast two enlightened bitches where my co-host michelle and i discuss everyday metaphysical topics with a sense of humor i know you'll love it you're in the right place when you see an image of a red wine glass thank you so much and happy flying and please contact me if you have any questions at free spirit podcasts that's with an s at gmail.com take care